recorded live atop the Northern Rocky Mountains and available on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere fine podcasts are found. Tonight we talk about nothing but time travel and a little bit about aliens. Augie Nust is in the studio and it all starts right now. Good evening, everybody. You are listening to My Alien Life. You can find the website at www.myalienlifepodcast.com and our latest downloads are always at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, at podbean.com and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. And please follow me and like me on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening to My Alien Life all around the world and especially in the United Kingdom. I am Cameron Brower and this is My Alien Life. My guest tonight is Agi Nust. Mr. Nust grew up on a farm in Norway and while a teenager had learned hypnosis from a magician in Europe. Agi graduated from agricultural college and operated the family farm and after serving in the Norwegian military left Norway to go to the United States for flight school at Emory School of Aviation in Greeley, Colorado. There he earned his pilot's license and became a commercial pilot and flight instructor. For many years, he was the host and producer of a live TV talk show called The Hidden Truths. It featured the paranormal, UFOs, government cover-ups, and other issues. In 2003, he was interviewed by BBC TV in England for a TV documentary titled Time Trip, discussing the possibilities and the practical applications of time travel. And tonight, we are here together to talk about time travel. Welcome, Mr. Nust. Your resume is is as expansive as the universe. You're a very busy man. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. It'll be great. Let me ask you this. Um, With all your other interests keeping you so busy for decades, because you were busy, when did you find and when did you decide to study time travel? When it started, um, boy, that's a good one. I think it probably started about 30 years ago. I started reading about it. And uh, about, uh, I think it was 19, no, 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 2002 or three. I'm not sure. I, uh, I read so much that I wanted to do a TV show on it. And I have a little electronic device that I've done. Uh, it's got some very strange experiences with. And I did a TV show on that in Tucson on, uh, on Hidden Truth. And I think from there on it became almost like a passion to do and um, study it. And uh, I have uh, I've learned a lot about time travel, and I've experimented a lot, but I've seen a lot of things that uh, normally wouldn't, people wouldn't believe, so uh, I'm pretty well embedded in it now. From your standpoint, let's take a look outside the box a little bit, and I know that, uh, that, that the way you see time and the way I see time are, are two different things. So explain to everybody and explain to me, what is time? Well, if we don't step outside of the box, that's pretty easy for me. I'm so far outside of the box, I don't even know where the box is anymore. Me too, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to understand time travel, it really would be good to understand what time is. And uh, if you went out on the street here in about 20 minutes and asked 100 people, what time is, I will almost bet you my bottom dollar you will not get one person that could give you a definition of time. They will give you all kinds of explanation, but what they will be telling you is the effects of time. Because that's about the only thing they can see. 
time is and quantum i'm going to lean on quantum mechanics on this because time is a mind created construct in order to have physical experiences for the mind behind the body because let's say this mind or some people call it the soul if you want that particular energy or consciousness does not have physical arms and legs so it cannot have experiences in the physical so we are those arms and legs in the physical so the mind or the consciousness behind it create this elaborate holographic expression of reality around us and pairs it with time so we can have a linear expression of it right what really time is and this is something i saw in the download i have is uh, there's a russian scientist that totally agrees with this and uh, time is a succession of present moments so you have a it's like a picture stacked behind another picture behind another picture and between each picture the quantum field collapses to nothing so there is nothing between each picture of present moment so you have a picture the field collapses to nothing then you it recreates itself right back to nearly the same picture of present moment and then it collapses new picture collapses and these pictures of present moments are stacked behind each other so close and so fast it looks like a continuous flow of time is that at the speed of light or is it greater greater than the speed of light how does that what's the I, exact i don't know I, i'm not i don't think necessarily it would be at the speed of light but um I don't know uh, about the speed of it. It's so fast that it, it's kind of like a movie because there also you have independent picture and it definitely looks like it's a flow right. through the movie of time. Let's talk about time dilation, time slippage. Um, can you explain that? And is there proof of time dilation and slippage? Oh, absolutely. But there is actually a lot of proof. And uh, time slippage or uh, time dilation, that could mean kind of several things. It could mean that you could slip into a future um, time, physical time of yourself or the holographic projection that you think you're living. So you find yourself in another time than what you are at the moment now or it could possibly work to the past because remember <clears throat> science has found now quantum mechanics has found that we do live in a mind created universe and uh, this mind created universe it is created by the mind so it all depends on what is in our mind i don't necessarily mean the brain i said the mind so if the mind decides that this is what i want in my projected hologram then it would happen so the mind could for some reason that we do not necessarily know make a slippage into the future or even to a parallel timeline mm -hmm. either in the future or in the past i believe more so there are people that have these time slippages to the future because uh, the past is already there and uh, you know we have been told well at least for the last 300 years or so that uh, time only flows in direction from the past through the present into the future and there is only a lockdown permanent record of the past of course now there is experiments showing that is not the truth uh, it's not truth because 
there are experiments now that show that a present moment can actually reach into the past and alter it. Wow. And uh, there is one particular, uh, actually what I consider evidence of time travel. And um, that is uh, really fairly simple because uh, we have a time traveler on Earth today and there is one that is not disputed by science because it is verified. And that is, we have, <clears throat> there is a Russian cosmonaut. He spent over two years on the space station doing 16,000 miles an hour. And, of course, we know the faster you travel, time slows down. Correct. This time did not slow down. In fact, it speeded up a little bit. So the, this uh, cosmonaut, his name is Sergei, oh gosh, I don't speak Russian, so I'm probably butchering his name, but uh, <laughs> That's Ser okay. Sergei Abeda, or Abeda. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, the, um, after two years at 16,000 miles an hour, he traveled, he moved, four, I think it is four seconds into the future. Now, here's the sticker. When he came back, he could still see things. He could interact with his family. Because now he moved into the future compared to the people on Earth. You know what that means? That means that the future already exists. Because he was in the future, but he came back and interacted with the past. Right. Now, so this, go ahead, Agi. Yeah, uh, this throws most of what we have learned about time in the trash can. Right. Now, I, I've never seen any interviews with him, but I've heard of him. And yeah. um, to me, I always wondered, you know, when he when he came back to Earth, um, what, was there an experience that he had? Did, did he feel different? I mean, was there anything that he reported that was that was unusual that he yeah. that he felt? There was actually because. Because of weightlessness for two years, his muscle had almost degraded themselves to almost non-existent, some of them. So he couldn't even walk coming out of the capsule. He couldn't even crawl. Sure. Because in space, he could function because there's no weight on the muscles and the, uh, in the uh, arms and legs and so on. But here, the gravity just pushed him to the ground. So he had to go through therapy in order to become back to what he should be again. But mind-wise, his mind felt no difference. Now, when they when he originally went up there, did they did the Russians plan on spending some time and doing some research on um, time travel and the the phenomenon of time travel that he would experience while he was up there for two years? I, from what I hear, is that they were curious about it and they were expecting to maybe analyze the results. But I'm not so sure what kind of experiment. You know, Russians are tight-lipped about things, too. Right, yeah. mm -hmm. I don't know if they wanted to talk about that, but um, they were curious about it. That is one of the things that he had said. They were curious about what will happen when we move into the future. Right. Let's talk about, uh, I want to know, um, time in the universe. Is time the same everywhere in the universe? Does time... Do we perceive time the same way everywhere in the universe, or does it is it does it act differently in different parts of our universe? Uh, it appears as it does act different because uh, let's say that you are traveling around a black hole, or uh, if you if you're traveling faster than slower, then the time starts speeding up, and, you know, compared to what you were, and it varies with your what you're doing, and especially around the black hole, it changes. Right. And the thing about it is that particles of thought, and this is what I saw in the download I have of universal information, and that was that each particle of thought acts as a wave, actually as a gravity wave. But each particle is like a donut, and that donut has a black hole in the middle of it. There's a microbial black hole that forms the wave of time. So that is why we can 
well, that's my theory anyway, that why we can have, uh, what you call it, deja vu, and you, right. have, you know that, oh gosh, I've been in town before, I know what's sure. around this corner. You have, you have knowledge of it. So you're tapping into a different time, and you're able to do that through the black holes in the particle of thought that creates the wave of thought. So part of your actual thought is is at a subatomic level, not not fully a chemical level inside the brain, but it also occurs at the subatomic level at the same time? Absolutely, yeah. Mm, amazing. What's a timeline, and how does a timeline work? Well, a timeline, we are in one right now. We are in two different locations, but we are interacting in the same timeline. Let's say, let me throw um, one real strange one out there. Um, that is the, um, well, I have several I could choose from, but what about the grandfather paradox? You probably read about it. Absolutely. Um, let me mention it anyway, uh, anyway to the ones that hasn't heard of it. That is that, let's say that you went back with a time machine into the past and you accidentally killed your grandfather. Now, this timeline got a problem. Right. Your grandfather dead. Big he problem. could not help to create your father or your mother which again could not have you. So the question is, who went back into the past and killed the grandfather? Because you're not here, but you are. Boy, this gets complicated, doesn't it? <laughs> Very complicated. So <laughs> now, to let me explain this sure. work. Because you went back and you may not necessarily end up in the same timeline as you are here. And especially if you killed your grandfather, he could not create your father or mother, which means you would not be. In other words, your portion of this timeline would collapse, but you create a new timeline from the timeline back there where you may be or may not be. Because let's say that you go, let's say that you have an accident and you want to change, uh, let me put it this way. If somebody screwed up something so bad in the past that they want to go back and have a do-over, that would be kind of nice, wouldn't it? Exactly, yeah. Oh, I got oh, my hand. I, I would love many of those. <laughs> yeah, one every week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's say that you went back and your intention is to change the past. Both me and quantum mechanics agree on this. This is theoretically possible. Okay. So now, let's say you go back to that event in your mind, you think about it. You try to relive the event that you screwed up. But you then move back. So, so you. You focus on the event, so you have it in your mind, and then you move back, let's say, a week before. And you visualize what you did during that week. And you put intention into it, emotion into it. Sure. Vivid, colorful pictures of and love. These are the languages of the spiritual world that is understood. That's why prayer don't work, because... Right using words. So now you are visualizing what you did before and then you walk yourself through up to the time when you screwed up. And right before that moment when you screwed up, you decide that you will do something different. You will not go and do what you did when you screwed up. You go off in a different direction and do something different. Now you are creating a new potential timeline just by the thought of it. And the more you go back and relive this new timeline, you may find yourself in that timeline. 
But the trick is that if you find yourself in that new timeline, you will never know or remember the old one because the old one will collapse most likely. So what would you say the recommended guide to the time traveler would look like if they were to go back in time? What would that look like? What what do they want to do? What don't they want to do? Well, this is one of the things that I explained very thoroughly in one of the last um, uh, chapters in my book, um, Spiritual Science, Higher Conscious Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. I go into how people can actually have a look at the future. They can see and find out what they are doing themselves in the future, as well as maybe go back and change some things in the past. But the thing about it is that when you change the past, you create a new timeline. But if your mentality does not change a lot, you may end up doing other mistakes that could be worse. So it's hard to say, is it a good idea? Well, it might be, but you never know. So if I was actually to travel back in time, there would be me, there would be the other me, and... How, how how I can't even imagine how that would even work. Yeah, but uh, when you create a new timeline in the past with a new direction, then that is where your consciousness will be. Right. And uh, the old timeline, uh, there's two schools of thought on that. The, some say that, yeah, the old timeline will continue and you stay in the new timeline too. And the other school of thought is that the other timeline will collapse. Uh, from what I, I'm kind of on the fence of it. Uh, I thought I knew it, but I'm kind of on the fence of it. It could be the one. Most likely, you probably could continue also in the old timeline, but your consciousness of what you're aware of is in the new timeline you created in the past. What, have you thought about this? If there's multiple timelines in the past, and let's say there's multiple timelines that do exist. Um, so if you do go back to 1955, is it a crapshoot? Is it a random 1955? Or is there a way of determining what 1955 you're going to travel back to? Well, think of it this way, though. You know, we do live in a mind-created universe. So your mind has some control of what you will experience back there. Right. So that kind of leave it open to interpretations of what you think you can do. And I, I don't know, this is a tough one to theorize on because there's few people that has come back from the other timeline after they went there and talk about it, you know? Right. Um, Stephen Hawking, of course, studied this for years and um, he came up with uh, the chronology protection conjecture which basically states that you cannot go back in time and i no. think that uh you know he had argued that that the reason you can't go back is because of that grandfather paradox and i would to me um not being involved as much as as any physicist would be and just just trying to uh, think of a, a way that could possibly happen um well i think so that um stephen hawkins is right if you only consider that there is only one timeline right then it couldn't happen but if there are multitudes of timelines it can happen because if you kill him there's a new timeline where you're still in it. So with multiple timelines, these things are perfectly possible. And I have seen enough of the future to know I definitely can go there. And you can also go to the past. So because the past, present, and the future is somewhat locked down in the physical existence that we have here except for when we start interfering it using the quantum field, then we can change the past. And there are several experiments now that has actually done this, and uh, it, uh, it really happens. And I have a, uh, I have a, uh, uh, I wrote 
a note here of the guy's name. That's a Helmut Schmidt, I think the guy's name was. is a German scientist and a psychic researcher. He did an experiment where he uh, hooked up people to some uh, biometric sensors on their, on their head. And uh, he, uh, he ran a succession of pictures. Wonderful pictures of kittens, blue sky, and, you know, wonderful things. And three out of a hundred pictures were totally gruesome, violence, decapitations. And they were just horrible pictures. And he stuck them in there. Nobody know, knew where those pictures went into the stream of pictures. And then he, he uh, saw that as he ran the pictures, about two to three seconds before the really bad ones came, there was a violent reaction in the mind of the person that was looking at the pictures. In other words, the next picture gave a reaction in the past. Right. So we know the time is not linear. If the time is not linear, you can move forwards and backwards in it. Just like outside of the physical, time and space do not exist as we know it. It is sitting there in that soup of creation, both past and future and the present. So there is no distance between the past and the future. In other words, you can reach into that soup, some people call the Akashic Records or whatever you want to call it, and you can attach to an image and a vibration that you're thinking of and that thing will pop out for you so you can actually look at it or you can interact with it. Or you can also then, that's, you know, the law of attraction works that way. Right. If somebody wants something really bad, they just visualize it and live it before you have it. Keep doing that every day and then, of course, you know, do whatever you can to help it. Then you will attract it to you, and the universe find a way to bring it into your presence in the physical. Amazing. So I want to let's talk about parallel universes and um, how that relates to time travel. Are there okay. parallel universes? Oh, absolutely. And, and can we reach them? Um, there are. Um, I have had time slippage from one universe to another. And in fact, I have, uh, you got the pictures I sent you? I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those two pictures, when I was sitting in front of the computer, if you read the text with them, you'll see that. Yeah, ex explain that for everybody, if you would, please, because yeah. that was really interesting. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you able to put that into the stream later on when you publish this? I will. We can, we can add those. Yes, indeed, yeah. sir. In that case, let me uh, just um, talk about it a little bit. I was sitting in front of the computer. I was, uh, you know, I read foreign newspapers. So I was at a site of a European newspaper. And they have a video camera of different places in town. So I was sitting there and I took a screenshot of a specific road. And then... Several hours later, I went back and I went to do a mind exercise that I do in order to uh, achieve these kinds of time slippages. And I tried to bring myself back to the time when I could take a, another screenshot at the same time. But I missed it. I was a minute and five seconds off, which you can see there. And uh, I took the picture again. But the thing about it is that if you look at the two pictures, just uh, a few minutes apart, or even if you say I faked it, a couple of hours apart, <laughs> uh, one of the pictures in front has leaves on it, and the other picture doesn't. In one picture, there is lots of rain on the road because you can see the light is glistening off the road. And the other one is perfectly dry. Uh, it's unlikely there would be that many changes in an hour and five minutes. I mean, a minute and five seconds. Sure. 
And I also sent you a picture of the uh, little electronic device that I've had some very strange experiences with, and that is the one that BBC Television came over and I demonstrated it for them. Uh, they they were doing this down in New Orleans, and they uh, I went down there to do this TV documentary with them, and it got very interesting. Was that something that you invented yourself? Uh, oh, no, no, I didn't. Uh, there's a guy in Kansas that is making these machines. And um, I want to say it's, uh, uh, the guy's name is Stephen Gibbs. And uh, it's not a toy. And what, what is his, what it, what's it called and what is he claiming that this does? It, it's an, uh, he called it the hyperdimensional resonator. Interesting. Uh, HDR. Right. And the thing about it is that it's not a toy because there are people that has bought the machine and experimented with it, and they're missing. Can't like, find them anymore. Totally gone. Yeah, they they don't show up anywhere anymore. Oh, wow. So so, uh, so that's not a very good advertisement no, for the I machine. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, my theory on that is that let's say somebody wanted to go to the past so far back that you didn't have electricity, you know, then <laughs> then what? Right, 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 right. But wow, I don't. Um, I didn't get anything happening with this machine until I started pairing it with um, the mind. I lowered the brainwave pattern to the bottom of the alpha range. I was aiming for seven point four. I heard that between 7.4 and 7.8, that's where the magic is for time slippage. And uh, I believe there's something to that because I get, it doesn't work all the time. It could be quite some time between each time that I get it to work. But I do have some experiences with going into the future and having a look at things. I don't, I don't really care about the past because I know what happened back there in my timeline. So, sure. Yeah. So, do you, is the uh, creator of this machine does does he demonstrate that for you, or has he experimented with that? Well, he uh, he just makes it, and he has experimented with himself, and he's got some great experiences with it. I, uh, if you consider it that it's not a it's not a toy, and you want to treat it serious. Do the safeguards that you need to do that he talks about, then I think is safe. Right. My guest tonight is Mr. Agi Nust, and we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more. We're going to talk about time travel. We'll be right back with Agi Nust. My guest tonight is Mr. Agi Nust, and Agi is a time traveler. Let me ask you this, Agi. What about scientific experiments proving that time travel is possible? Can you can you tell me something about those, please? Yeah. Um, there, first of all, there is, uh, there is strange things happening in the world. A lot of different places. Because parallel universes, as uh, it leaves its fingerprint a lot of different places. And one of them is the David Lang mystery. That was back in uh, right before the turn of the century, 1898 or something like that. And there was a guy sitting on the porch. He was walking off the porch on his farm down, was going to walk down to the barn. And halfway across the field, he just faded out and they couldn't see him anymore. And there was um, a horse and carriage coming on the road next to him. They saw it happen. So they were running over there, and they were standing right there where he disappeared. They could still hear his voice, and there were, he was nowhere to see. And uh, that's a very credible story because one of the guys that saw it, he was a judge, and uh, they were family members, and of course the guy never showed up. And uh, he... 
he was never seen since. And the, uh, also, I want to mention one more mystery that is hard to explain unless it is explained as time travel. And okay. that is that there's a tunnel in, um, oh gosh, um, Gisau province in China, where thousands of people are reporting time dilation when they drive through the tunnel. Most are, they gain about an hour in this uh, 400 meter long tunnel. Mobile phones and watches gain time. Now the Chinese uh, journalist, uh, I think his name was Guy Yang something or other, I, I, I can't pronounce it. And um, he was explaining on the evening news that this is, uh, he, he drove through the tunnel 10 times. And during those 10 times he drove through the tunnel, his clock advanced eight hours. Wow. So now they uh, don't really have a good explanation on it, except that the uh, government says, yeah, there is a cell phone tower not too far away. So when you're in the tunnel, it advances the clock for you, sends the wrong signal. Well, that sounds like a reasonable explanation to me, but the people with wind up clocks gain an hour too. Hmm. Now we got a problem with their explanation. Exactly. So were they were they gaining time? Did did they have to travel through the tunnel in one direction, or did it work both directions, uh, both, or do you know? Both directions doesn't make a difference. Wow. So this is one of the things that pretty much prove that first of all the um, existence already exists. If they're advancing an hour, countryside is still there, and also that there is some time slippage here. And the experiments, uh, there's another guy that um, he, uh, gosh, I, I should have written down his name, I just can't think of it right now. But um, he, um, I think he may have been at UCLA, he did this experiment. And he took and hooked up um, people to um, to a um, to headphones, and he used a random number, uh, a random number uh, computer. So he was distributing clicks to the right ear and the left ear, and they were random clicks. So it should be about 50-50 on each ear, and 49-51 or something like that. And they did a good number of recordings of these clicks, and nobody was able. Well, you know, was allowed to see or listen to the recordings until they got all done. And then they went through a bunch of them and they found, yeah, that's pretty much 50-50, something like that. And then he sent one of the tapes back home with one of the volunteers. And he told him, nobody has seen this. Nobody has listened to it. So concentrate on it and look on the tape and consider that there's a lot more clicks on one side than the other. Hmm. And he did that. He went home and the volunteer just concentrating on it would be a lot more clicks on one side than the other. And I think he had a number in mind. And then he took it back and they ran the recording. Right. So there was a lot more click that was almost dropped to half on one side and increased half on the other side. That should be one out of a, I think they said something like a hundred billion or something that that could happen. So Amazing. with that, what that uh, volunteer did, he concentrated on it because it had not been observed yet. So when he concentrated on that, he created the change in the reality of the tape. In other words, he went back into the past and changed a recording that was done 48 hours or 24 hours earlier. Right. In other words, he changed the past. Amazing. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You kind of became the, the ultimate test subject when you decided to time travel. Tell me what you've experienced and was it the past? Was it the future? What happened? 
Well, I can tell you one incident where um, I was, like, like I said, you know, I practiced a lot with this electronic device. I just couldn't get anything to happen before I started manipulating my brainwave pattern. And when I did that, the first one I really had is what I saw myself walking down the street. And when I was walking down the street, I, um, I don't really know if I was actually physically walking there. The only trick to it is that it appeared as people that came walking up towards me, they kind of wavered a little bit out of my way, so it appeared as they actually saw me. But I walked up to a um, newspaper stand. I looked at the date on the newspaper, and it was about six months in the future. Hmm. Now, I, uh, I was waiting for, uh, I had some headlines in that paper. I wrote it down, and then I waited six months. And it wasn't, ex the subject area was there, but it wasn't exactly the same uh, wording in the headline. But the right. subject area was there. So there was something connection to that date. So when you travel into the future like that, and let's say it's only six months in time, the six-month anniversary of that date you can consider yourself then a time traveler that has been back in time. So literally those two points are the same point at that point that you actually traveled or traveled ahead in time. So do you think that, um, that any observation that you made in the future could have changed, you know, made another branch in time right there? Absolutely. And that is why uh, time travelers uh, often are wrong about predicting the future. So are psychics. Because they think that, well, in this timeline, that's the only thing I have to, I can consider because that's the only thing I see. But there are other timelines. And uh, once you start seeing things, and I know that, what I did on the, uh, what I did on the, uh, on the TV documentary with BBC television, some of that stuff didn't happen. And I know now why. Because uh, before, uh, before that time when I had predicted something would happen, I totally changed my ways because I was doing the TV shows and I was in a negative environment. I was all about the ills and the tyranny of government and all and everything they did wrong. Whenever the city council and uh, the government did something wrong, and I jumped in the middle of it and pointed it out. So that's where my mind was. And uh, after that, I just, uh, I, right about that time, I just changed totally direction. I went another, I wasn't concerned about that anymore. I started looking at more spiritual things. And that's where I changed my timeline. So the stuff that I had seen ended up in a different timeline or collapsed. So that was not any of my concern anymore. So it did not happen. Right. And that's a great point. I think that um, when, when, when we think about this, we need to take that, that we need to, we need to think about the fact that um, if we're in the future, we can get information that will actually change time. And, um, that could be a reason why psychics are wrong, or that could be a reason why time travelers can't predict, predict the future because they're actually changing that timeline. Um, predictions are very difficult. Yeah. So you, time travel then is, is just relative. Yes, you've time traveled, but, um, you created a new, a new timeline. So, <laughs> there was no point in it you know there was in the, only for the only for the uh only for the whole solely purpose of time travel did you time travel because it could be impossible i don't would you think it's impossible to change no. time no 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 you can perfectly well do it i um 
I have been using a method of controlling the future, so I lock it into what I want. And uh, this may be a good time to maybe explain that for the next 45 seconds. Sure. Uh, there is a way that you can totally control your future and make it happen, whatever you would want. Let's say that there's something that you want really bad, just more than anything else. Then visualize that thing or that concept or that situation and in detail, in colorful pictures, emotion, gratitude for already having it even though you don't. Wrap it in love, a lovely feeling, and see other people enjoying it with you. Now you have this ball of energy. Place that ball of energy into the future, to a time-coded event. Not a date, because outside of the physical, dates and times are worthless. But to a time-coded event, like maybe a New Year's party, birthday party, or something like that. Because they have more of a significance outside of the physical. So you place it, let's say, a year down the road into one of those time-coded events. Mm -hmm. And you visualize yourself at that time being in the possession of that object or that situation. See other people around you enjoying it with you. And have a light-hearted, emotional moment in it. So now keep doing that every day. Go back and forth to that thing every day for the next year. Now you're laying down attractor strings to that event in the future. And as you go every day, you keep also doing whatever you can to help it happen. And then you get drawn up that timeline to that event in the future. Well, you then, when the time arrives at that New Year's party, all you do is walk into it, and you are there. Hmm. So I'm sure you can hear my confusion in my question because we've literally brought so much into this more than I anticipated. I have the <laughs> I, I, I have the questions right in front of me, and and my mind's bombarded by all these different possibilities and and uh, how to how to even explore each one of those. But so. We could have other methods of time travel. Can we can we time travel without our physical body? Can we? Because you said you know you, our thinking is is part of a process and it's part of a yeah. and it works at a subatomic sub level. Could could our mind travel without the? Body? I believe that is a lot easier. It sounds easier. Tell me about that. Well, you know, you got to remember, mind is all there is. What you look in, uh, you know, that cup of coffee sitting on your desk over there, that's just an expression from the mind. And uh, as the mind decides what it wants in the physical, does not only represent the present, it can also represent the future. So you could take the mind into the future but there's a little process for doing this. You got to do a little mind exercise, and I explain that in my book how people can do that. So, uh, but you can go through there, and you can find yourself and at a location in the future. And there's a safety valve, by the way, in the future. You won't get stuck there. Uh, there's somehow you snap back. Any you know, idea? Any idea how? Yeah, there, there is that safety valve, and it seems to be working mostly. And a lot of times also, you won't be able to spend a lot of time out there. You know, like spending days out there, that's probably not going to work. It's going to snap you back, especially if you go to sleep, then you come back. Right. What can you tell us about the future of the past? Uh, past... Uh, yeah, I think we can read history and see where people screw up and ensure in the process of screwing up a lot right now. But uh, the future, there's some good things in the future. And um, now you don't live on the coast, so you got nothing to worry about. <laughs> 
Well, I do live. I do live on some big mountains, though. So yeah. So you're talking about uh, water. Yeah. A lot of water. The thing about it is that the more we think about it, the more energy we give it, and the more of a chance it has to uh, manipulate itself into our existence and be created. So if I talked about some of the real negative stuff, people listening to this, they might be thinking about it and giving it energy and helping it to arrive. I would say the only thing I can say to people is, don't live on the coast. So are you saying that uh, each of us, whether we know it or not, are, are uh, somehow mind time travelers and we're manipulating the future? Uh, they very well can. Wow. Explain uh, to me. There, Go ahead. Um, there's big rocks coming out of the sky, but I don't know the date for anything. It could be... Uh, I think we're safe right now because the cars that I saw in the uh, particular incident, they were looking a little more futuristic. So I think we're probably okay, maybe for a year or few, but uh, don't live on the coast because there could be some problems. And I think we're, we're very, very overdue for some rocks coming out of the sky. Yeah. Explain to me how um, you would teach time travel and how... You talk about that in your book, but ex explain that to everybody who hasn't read your book, please. Well, I would, uh, I would teach them what I do. It's hard to teach what you haven't done. So what I do seems to work for me um, sometimes, not always. But uh, it is a meditative state. Going to a meditative state where we uh, empty our mind out, give directions of what we want first, empty our mind out, and then for a moment we leave ourselves basically blank. And then you formulate your destination and the object that you want to visit or something that you want to do in the future, and then visualize yourself go in there and uh, there's another process you can get into you know taxi cab and sit in the back and visualize the whole thing happening around you so there, this is explained in the book but it's not that hard to visualize and do it's just that you may need a little practice but i tell you though uh, i've had emails from several people uh, the book's been out oh gosh four and a half year or so and uh, I've had emails from people saying they had some strange experiences too. So it does happen. Hmm. What are the biggest hurdles of time travel? Fear. Because if you go out there with fear, you're probably not going to get anywhere. Because that is one of the big uh, ball and chain around your leg with anything. So that's... If you're afraid of it, same thing with astral travel. If you're afraid going out there, then uh, I would say don't do it because you draw things to you that has the same vibration and you may not like what you see. So uh, get rid of the fear because there's really nothing to be afraid of. How big is that part of our mind that, that we've not yet tapped into, that, that part that uh, you were talking about, that it, it's, it's our mind works on a chemical level and it also works at a subatomic level. How big is that part of our brain? Well, <clears throat> let's distinguish between the mind and the brain. The brain is a chemical factory. The mind is not. The brain is kind of like the computer. The mind is the computer program that overlays the computer in the computer and makes it do what it does. So, and that's why when people die, the brain is still there. It's just no, the program is deleted. So, by the way, there's a way around that because in 2009, three doctors got the Nobel Prize for discovering an enzyme that reverses the aging process. And I'm doing that, and it's working for me. So that's, I explain that in the book, too. This is a, it's a good one. 
that's worth buying the book as well, just for that. <laughs> yeah. So are we born with that? Is that an innate process in our, in our mind? Is those, the separation between mind and uh, brain, yeah. is that something we're born with it or do, you know, obviously we can enhance it as we learn, but how much of that are we born with? Children are born as geniuses. And as we grow, we have never been taught how to use our mind. And I got an analogy, and I tell you, it's a good one. If you took Mr. Average right off the street, stuck him in the left seat of a ca in the cockpit of a Boeing 747, that's the captain's chair, and told him, let's go flying, he wouldn't have a clue. He would look for 20 minutes before he even found the electrical master switch. But if you gave that guy a year's worth of training on that airplane, put him back in the left seat, tell him to go flying, he could take us flying. It's the same thing with your mind. Once you learn how to use it, you can do a lot of these things, but we've never been taught how, and that's what I teach in the book, to do some amazing things. On this show, we have to talk about aliens, and um, I have this question in my mind all the time, and it's, are aliens traveling to Earth with non-conventional propulsion methods from somewhere else, or are we seeing time travelers from Earth or another dimension? Well, you could probably set up 10 different scenarios in that question, and I would say absolutely all of them. Because you have time travelers coming from the future back here, and you have interdimensional um, aliens coming from another reality next to ours. And we have uh, an alien species coming in our timeline back from another planet or another system. Or, you know, there's about 60 different uh, types of aliens uh, nested on the moon, on our moon here. So. They come from there. That's that's kind of their observation station. The moon is hollow. It was born. No, I mean, it was brought here and parked in orbit. So why aren't they here with us now? I mean, I I think they are with us now, but why don't they have a greater presence with us now and with everyone? Well, let's put it this way. <clears throat> if you go into a neighborhood where you, the people shoot at you, would you go back very often? No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have a tendency to shoot them out of the sky, and uh, that's probably one deterrent. But then again, you know, they've been gone for about 12,000 years, when uh, right before the flood, you know, Noah's flood, you know, you, you know, ask Noah sure. who knows all about it. He, uh, they left right before that. They knew it was going to happen because they knew that... Uh, the neighboring system was coming around, and it was coming around in a place where a huge lump of ice was broken off the south, uh, not the South Pole, but the Antarctica, and created a, a several mile tall tsunami that flushed up over the Middle East, and there, that was the flood. So that's what it says in the Sumerian tablets on how it was created. So you're a believer in the Anunnaki? Oh, yeah, you read the records of what you know, they wrote about. So, yeah, it's, it's all there. I always had this thought that, uh, you know, it, people wonder about cattle mutilations. <laughs> I, I, in my mind, if, if, if you took an observer and uh, put them over Earth right now and looked at, just looked at North America and, and uh, saw people out there, we, we literally are out there eating everything, um, plants and cows and deer and um, that would look pretty unusual to an alien life form, and um, yeah. you know how we how we uh, control these large cattle, which which uh, th that would be a mystery as well, which is not a mystery for us, but for an outsider. Um, you are everywhere on the internet. I mean, I'm I've in the last couple of days I've 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 listened to you multiple times, and I I heard you say that you are controversial sometimes. Why are you controversial? Well, there is, uh, you know, the more truth you speak, you know, when uh, everything you hear is a lie, that becomes controversial. That is absolutely true. Let me ask you one more question. 
Mm-hmm. Time. I'm going to talk about time slippage or gaps in time related to UFO phenomenon that ex- people experience. I've experienced it. Have you ever studied this phenomenon? And do you th- have any idea what could possibly be happening? I I kind of understand it in concept because I know they're coming both from the future and parallel universes and from everywhere. And uh, they also there are. Um, not alien races, but there are earth races inside the cavern of the earth, as well as in the cavern of the crust. And uh, under the uh, ocean in the Caribbean, there is three different places where you fly over there at night when there is uh, no moon out. You can see a little shade of light in the water, three different places. So there is bases under the water, and uh, they're everywhere. They're walking down the street next to you one day because they some of them look less, just like us. You don't see gray walking down there, but the ones that look like us, they can safely do it. Right, right. And there's a there's a book out that just came out um, this past fall, and it's by a uh, anthropologist named Mike Masters, and he talks about um, aliens as being um, humans from the future and um, visiting us and and. Uh, you know, basically trying to trying to right all the wrongs, possibly, and 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 change the future a little bit for the better. Mm-hmm. Augie, can you please tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, I uh, I have um, I got a website for my radio show, which is uh, at www.universal-consciousness-show.com. And I uh, I archive my radio shows there, and also uh, I uh, you know I'm on uh, YouTube and the Universal Consciousness Show and uh, other shows that I've done with other stations and stuff like yours. And also we do a video program, and we put stuff on there every week. That is called www.broadcastteamalpha.com. It's the show Broadcast Team Alpha. That is a cooperation between Lori uh, uh, Love and, uh, and uh, we have uh, Tom Schaefer and myself. And uh, we have a lot of fun with that, uh, interviewing people. So people can visit that too. And of course, I also have books for sale. I wrote uh, a couple that I'm more or less dealing with right now. And... I, I'm telling people that if they get that book, uh, Spiritual Science, Higher Conscious Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness, if they read it three times and practice some of the stuff that they see in it, then call me because then we're ready for stage two. Excellent, sir. And your books are available on Amazon, right? Correct. Yeah, in most bookstores and Amazon and also on my websites. In fact, uh, I'm going to throw you this one too. There's another website. It's called www.argi-nust.com. I have a picture gallery there with uh, 4,800 pictures of unbelievable things from uh, people or humanoids walking on the moon without a spacesuit on. NASA prints and uh, just about any, everything else that you know, people on Mars and these are NASA prints and very well recognized. So I, I've seen I've seen those and they're amazing. Yeah. Augustus, I want to thank you so much, sir, for taking the time to chat tonight. There's so much to talk about, and hopefully, we can do it again soon. Yeah, that'll be fine. I enjoy myself doing these kinds of things. Good night, sir, and good luck to you. Thank you, and you also. You can find the website at www.myalienlifepodcast.com and all the downloads are at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, at podbean.com and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. And please follow me and like me on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening to My Alien Life all around the world and thank you Georgia, Kentucky and North Carolina and a special thanks again to everyone listening in Colorado. 
My Alien Life is written and produced for broadcast at Studio 254 in the Northern Rocky Mountains. The music you are hearing is produced and created by Elion, who is a very talented musician and producer. You can find all Elion's work online at Heart Dance Records. You can also find him by following the links posted in the notes at the end of this podcast. Thank you, Elion, so much for your generosity. We absolutely love your work. Thank you again to my guest tonight, Augie Nost. I am Cameron Brower, and this is My Alien Life.